0: Welcome. Good to see each and every one of you here uh, today. I want to thank you for celebrating with us on this last day, if you can believe it, of 2017. It's almost hard for me to believe that we're already here and we're looking at a new year. Before I jump into my message again, I would like to just uh, ask that you would be praying for me, if you would, over the next week. I'm going to be tomorrow heading to Haiti. Uh, to do some missionary work, do a pastor's conference. I'll be gone for approximately a week. Uh, And if you would pray for me, I believe God is going to do some great things in Haiti with leaders and people. And so let's believe God for awesome, awesome things there. Um, But again, I, I hope that everybody here today, as we just experienced Christmas this last week, I hope that you've had a great Christmas. You're enjoying the holiday season Uh, As Jan already talked about, maybe you've experienced more snow than you'd like. i got to be honest with you that the snowstorm that we got on Friday night, Saturday, uh, I went through that snowstorm three times. Uh, How did that happen? Well, on Christmas Day, we went down to Sandpoint, Idaho to meet up, visit with some family, and on the Wednesday, that storm hit there, locked us in all day Thursday. Friday, we decided to drive home, so I drove home through the storm, through Fernie and those places, and then I got home after I'd already passed through it, and it hit us again. So uh, maybe God's wanting me to teach me not to ask for snow uh, because he can do it in ginormous proportions. But one of the things when I think about that snowfall and snow, as much as it can be frustrating to drive in, as much as the cold is not very pleasant, there's something really awesome about just snowfall when it's the pristine cleanness of it when it's just done. And it's just covered all the tracks, all the dirt, all the filth, the beauty, the whiteness of it. It kind of makes you think that, man, there's an opportunity for all things to be new again. And I think this sounds especially good if you've been left from last year feeling a little bit underwhelmed or maybe even Maybe even feel a little bit ripped off about how your year was. Maybe there's some things that you were disappointed in. And so here's my question today on this last day of 2017 is how do you handle disappointment? How do you handle when things didn't go the way that you wanted them to do? Or maybe you're sitting here today and there's some things in your life that you just wish that you could do over, that you could just have a do-over I think that's important today. And I, I, I was reminded when I was in high school, I was in my grade 11 year, we were part of an ACE school, just like our church school has here, and I was a part of that. And we decided to go to the International Convention. And one of the things that we qualified for, we had to go through state or provincials, and we made it our, as far as our four-by-100-meter relay team. Now, um, we worked on that relay for over six months in preparation for this event and we thought we were going to do very well and so we worked on our uh, passing the baton from one person to the next and so we thought we were really ready. Now my job was to run the third leg of the relay or the turn leg and so we had worked on this stuff. We had Made sure that we weren't going to drop the baton because that's always a failure in that race. And so I remember the day of our first preliminary r- race came and it started, and, and we were doing really well. In fact, when I have got the baton, we were in first place. And, and, and as I went around that turn and I handed the baton off to my, the, the anchor leg, the last guy that was going to run, we were still in first place. But one bad thing happened uh, I, I didn't quit running. And I went right through the turn and ran square into the last place runner. I mean, I crushed him. It was like a middle NFL linebacker destroying this guy. It was an awesome hit, by the way. But the problem was it disqualified our team. And so all of those months of preparation and training were over. It was devastating in that moment. There would be no celebration. There would be no trip To the podium, there was only frustration and disappointment because I knew that I'd let my team down. I wanted so badly for a do-over. I wanted another chance to do things in my life at that moment. You know, the end of the year is a time for reflection, isn't it? We think about what could be through the lens of what was. You know, the Christmas season can have so much buildup we can get so excited about the, the gifts and the dinners, and in a moment it seems like that the presents are open, the food has been eaten, and everybody's sitting around, and it's like, wow, is that all there is to this event? Maybe it didn't turn out the way that you thought it would. Maybe there were even some unpleasant discussions. I know that sometimes during this time of year, things happen with people and families that are, aren't what you want them to be, and you wish that you could just have a do-over. And that's really what I want to talk about today. That all I want for Christmas is a do-over. And I don't want anybody to raise your hand if you're feeling that way today. Uh, You don't need to acknowledge it. But I think there's some of us, or maybe many of us, that that we wish we could have some do-overs. I know there are some things for me that I wish I could do over that I experienced in this year. In the Bible, there's a story about a man who realized He needed a do-over. He realized he'd made a grave mistake. And so here we see him. He's begging the king of Israel, King David, for another opportunity. His name is Shemiah. And here's the story about Shemiah. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 19. And the second part of verse 18 will start. And it says this. As the king was about to cross the river, Shemiah fell down before him. My lord, the king, please forgive me, he pleaded. Forget the terrible thing your servant did when you left Jerusalem. May the king put it out of his mind how much I sinned. That is why I've come here today, the very first person in all of Israel, to greet my lord the king. You need to understand what happened. We're, we're picking this story up that, that, that earlier in the, the story, David, the king of Israel, was fleeing for his life from his third son Absalom. Why was he fleeing? Well, he hadn't handled some father-son relationship things very well. and, And so Absalom had built up bitterness in his heart and built it up to such a place that he'd won the hearts of the people in Israel and was now at a place where he had gathered enough strength that he was going to dispose of his dad as the king of Israel. And not only did he want to remove him as king, he wanted to see his dad dead. That's how angry and hurt he was. And as David was leaving town, as he was gathering up his family, as he was gathering up the few troops and the the army personnel that were really supportive of him, as he was walking out of town, there was a man named Shemiah who came out to him and started hurling insults and rocks and all these things at him. Well, why did he do that? Well, because Shemiah was a, a descendant of the tribe of Benjamin, Saul's tribe, the original king of Israel. And Saul and David had been having conflict really because of Saul's disobedience to God. He would known that eventually somebody else was going to take over his kingdom and began to understand that it was going to be David. And so there was probably a lot of just bad things that were being shared. And so Shemiah had taken on Saul's issues. In fact, we can learn from this that it would be safe to assume that he'd actually taken on King Saul's offense. He was holding a grudge because he thought David had stolen the kingship from Saul and he was an imposter. I believe this, one of the great sins of the church in this hour is listening to the voices of other people and making their offenses our own. That we sometimes get involved in conversations. People get hurt. They get disappointed. They're dealing with something towards another brother or sister in the Lord. Or or maybe they're frustrated at leadership and they begin to talk. And if we're not careful, we can take on those offenses for ourselves. And they're very destructive. They they blind our eyes. They, they, They make it so that we couldn't we don't see things the right way. And because he was angry. At David, he began to hurl insults at him. He began to share things that he shouldn't have shared. He said maybe a few words that he, he now was wishing he could take back because now David was coming back to rule over the kingdom and he knew he was in trouble. I'm guessing he had to be drunk or something because when he was yelling at David, the whole army was fleeing with him. He was one man against an army that could probably have wiped him out. And here's what I also have learned, and I understand this, and I want to share this day that unforgiveness and bitterness will make you blind to the situations around you. You don't always see things properly. You don't always realize that, that you're not in a good position. And he didn't see that. And so we come back to the story as King David is coming back into town. And it says, "Then then Abishai, son of Zariah, said in verse 21, Shemiah should die, for he cursed the Lord's anointed king. Now here's what David says. Who asked your opinion, you sons of Zariah? David exclaims, why have you become my adversary today? This is not a day for execution, for today I'm once again the king of Israel. Then turning to Shemiah, David vowed, your life will be spared. Wow, what an amazing turn of events. Here he was begging for mercy. And what happened? The king, the king who had the power to crush him, to destroy him, says, I will grant you mercy. You see, mercy is getting things that we don't deserve. None of us deserve mercy. We don't deserve mercy from God. We've all made mistakes. We've all had sin in our life. But God, in his grace and his favor, says, you know what? Here's my mercy for you, my forgiveness Here's an opportunity each and every day for new beginnings, do-overs. I thank God for that. Who's thankful that God gives us the opportunity for do-overs? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so David in his kindness forgives him and promises not to kill him. What about our own lives? You know, sometimes like Shemiah, there's situations that we bring upon ourselves things that we contribute to, that we kind of deserve what we get coming to. And we, we, maybe we lie to our boss or our spouse. Maybe we speak badly about another person and it, it gets back to them and, and they begin to challenge us. Maybe we indulge in selfish desires, feeding our own appetites, We make our own mistakes. You know, those things are on us, and yet God in his grace and his mercy forgives us. I was reminded this summer that as we were getting ready to come back from our vacation in Seattle, how I made a mistake. I drove the wrong way into a turn lane and ended up hitting a curb and ripping the oil pan off of my van. You know, I couldn't blame anybody for it. I couldn't say, oh, that guy did that to me. No, I drove my van into the curb and destroyed it. That was my fault. But there's also things in life that we face that we can't control. You slip on the ice in a store parking lot and you injure yourself. You weren't planning for that. You you couldn't see that was coming necessarily. Or how about a friend that betrays you, that turns against you? It hurts and it causes pain or the economy we know what it's like it tanks and we we deal with maybe we make a bad investment or we we do something that we 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 shouldn't have done with our finances but we can't necessarily control all of it because sometimes things just happen or maybe the unexpected loss of a loved one or how about this crazy thing that happened to my family a rock gets shot through your side window while your kid is sitting in their car seat yeah, that's exactly what happened to us. I remember a few years ago, I get this call from my wife. Todd, I think somebody shot our van. Well, I was immediately kind of started to panic. That was kind of scary. So we 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 called the police and we, we said, we think there's been a gunshot. This actually happened somewhere here in Abbeydale. Um, but what really happened was uh, th- th- that what happened was our window just shattered behind us. And, and so we began to talk to the police and we began to ask them, was there any gunshots in you know, Abudel? There's like, there's nothing here. So we're trying to figure out what happened. And, and this one guy said, well, maybe a big truck. Every once in a while, these big trucks will be driving and they'll hit a gravel or a piece of rock and it'll shoot out and I think that's what went through your window. And sure enough, we found a rock in our car and, and, or maybe somebody threw it at us depending on what conspiracy theories you'd like to develop. All I know is that the window was broken. There's nothing we could do about it. It scared the bejeebers out of me, out of my wife, out of my kids. You know, it wasn't our fault. As we start this new year with hope and new opportunities all around us, How do we deal with the past? How do we deal with the disappointments? How do we continue to move forward? That's what my heart is. That's what I believe God's heart is for us. Well, I want to give you four things that I believe each one of us can do to move forward in our life, to kind of have a do-over. How do we live a do-over? Well, here's what I believe that we should do with life situations. We reflect on them, but we don't rehearse them. In high school, I was in drama. Not drama because of my friendships and relationships, but actually drama where you do acting. And I remember that one of the requirements that we had to do is we had to memorize our lines, learn our lines, rehearse them, work on them for meaning. And we would spend many hours doing this. Now, I have to say this. um, I'm terrible at memorizing lines and things like that. In fact, if you ever have the privilege of worshiping with me. Sometimes you probably look up front and you're like, why is Pastor Todd always by himself? Well, it's because I change the lyrics to songs every time I sing them. Every time I sing a worship song, it is a new song for me uh, because I I forget some of the words. And so I was in a a, a play one time, and as we were going through it, I, I, I forgot my line, and I skipped like halfway through the whole production. And I just kept going with it. It wasn't a good thing. And I never was given a significant part again. I was, you can be a rock or a scarecrow or something like that. But here's the reality in life. I was extremely good at remembering my mistakes. Maybe some of you can relate to that. Very good at having the detail of the things that I'd done wrong, replaying it, rehearsing it, going over what had been said, what had been not said. And I would replay those things and I would rehearse it. And again, I believe that God's design for us is not for us to rehearse things, but we are to reflect. We should look at what has happened in our life. We we need to learn from our situations, we need to take a moment and ponder it, but we have to let go of those things when they happen to us. You see, when we rehearse those scenarios, what it does is it keeps us in a place of pain. It eventually will produce more anger and more bitterness. It makes us insecure and to the point where we can become negative and critical of other people. I believe that we should learn what we can, but we shouldn't continue to relive it over and over again. We should own our mistakes, but not embrace them. Philippians 3.13, I love this scripture, says this, and I hope it encourages you today. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I believe God has good things ahead for each and every one of you today, that we're not to dwell on our past, but we're to press forward. Secondly, how do we let go of the past? How do we have a walk and a doer? I believe we need to dream big but take small steps. I believe that all of us need dreams. We need to be reminded that God has good things for us. When I was a kid, one of my greatest dreams was I wanted to play in the NBA. I wanted to be a basketball player that played in the NBA. And so what did I do? I would begin to look at Players, I mean, I grew up in the day when there was four or five channels on television. And I would wait for those games to be on TV and I I would watch the best players. I'd see how they played. I'd look at how they would shoot the ball. And then I would go and practice and some days I'd shoot a thousand, fifteen hundred shots because I I wanted to one day get there. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately my size uh, didn't allow me to... Uh, get there because I also wasn't the like highest jumping guy kind of in the planet. I was happy to grab the net when I was in in junior high and then high school I think I touched the rim a couple times. It was a cool thing but I just didn't have those things when I was taking small steps that eventually served me very well because I ended up playing three years of college basketball. It was a great experience. How about for our church? I dream about seeing this church transform the city by loving all the people that God brings here. I dream about each one of you becoming what God has intended for you to become. I dream about people growing and maturing and becoming more like Jesus. I dream about addictions being broken, marriages being saved, families being healed, that the Father's love being manifested in this place. And I know what will happen as we spend more time being together like in our events like our food fest on Mission Sundays or our our Christmas celebration that we had a couple weeks ago. I believe it will happen as more people get connected in small groups and build community with each other and as more people take the opportunities to be leaders and those who will help other people as they are growing more like Jesus every day. One of the best ways to Get rid of the past or let go of the past is to dream about the future. I believe this, that God has placed something significant inside of each and every one of your hearts. You may not remember it right now, but I believe God wants to remind you. And for others, I believe God wants to encourage you today because he has good things for you. He wants to move in your life. But it starts by taking small steps. What are small steps? I believe one of the best things that you can do is begin to write your dream down. Write it out. I believe that important things need to be recorded. Many God ideas have been lost in the arena of faulty memories. I don't know if you've ever had those moments where you've been sitting around or you're driving somewhere and all of a sudden you feel something, you begin to sense something like, wow, there is, this is a real powerful God idea that he's putting inside of me. And you go to yourself, well, I'll write that down later on or I'll put that somewhere on. How many of you, like me, have forgotten some of those things? And maybe even you've prayed like, God, please bring it back. I'm, I'm going to write it down now. And sometimes he does, and other times it's gone, lost in our own mind, our own. We need to make plans to move forward. In order to create change, you must organize yourselves. What do you need to do? What are some things that you need to do? If God is asking you to start a business, what do you need to do? We need to set goals for change. We need to improve every day and remind ourselves it's not how you necessarily start, but how you finish. That's important. And some of you, maybe you've been in a place where things haven't started off really good or maybe this year hasn't been good, but I'm here to tell you that God wants to help you be a strong finisher. Dream big, but take small steps. Number three, and this is probably the most important thing I'm going to share here today. Number three, to deal with maybe things that haven't gone the way that you thought they would, how to move forward. First of all, you got to learn to forgive yourself and others. Forgiveness is a foundation of our faith. Here's the reality. People will disappoint us, offend us, and hurt us. I know this. The closer that you grow with people, those are the people that tend to hurt you the most. We learn that sometimes in life and relationships. We, we get married. We have great expectations for our spouse. And we realize really quickly that they do things that disappoint us. And it can be hurtful. And if we don't deal with those things the right way, it can infect our spirit and affect our relationships. We're going to disappoint one another at times. But we've got to be able to forgive now, it's not easy to forgive. I, I, I was thinking the other day in our heads, we, we know that we should do it, but in our hearts, we want revenge, justice. We want the offender to feel the pain that we're feeling. And so it's like we have this angel on one shoulder telling us, come on, you gotta let that go. You need to, don't hold on to that. And then there's a demon on our shoulder saying, come on, make sure they feel it, let them know. Hurt them back. If there's one thing that's brought me peace in the midst of storms is learning the grace to forgive. And here's the thing, the Bible doesn't just suggest forgiveness, it demands that we as followers of Jesus forgive one another. But what about ourselves? I sometimes think the hardest person that we have to forgive is ourselves. We know how often we fail. We know the mistakes that we make. And if we forget about it, the enemy is so quick to remind us of all of our shortcomings, all of the things that we don't seem to measure up in. And I believe today that some of you, God's desire for you is to give yourself a break. Receive his grace. Forgive yourself. For those mistakes, those things that maybe you wish you could change, and say, you know what, you can't change it, but Jesus sure can. I love this scripture. It's a scripture that I've held on to many times. It's a promise, and it says this in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16 The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. I want to say that again. In other translations, it says the the godly might stumble or the godly might fall. But the Bible says he may fall seven times, but he will get up, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. What's the key? It's about getting up. It's about moving forward. It's about saying, Jesus, I I need you to help me. And you know that when we do that, his grace and his mercies are fresh. They're new every morning. They're new every day. They're new every moment that we cry out to him. And so we gotta keep going is my fourth point, my last point. How do you overcome? How do you walk through do-overs? How do you move forward? You gotta keep going. I'm reminded of my friend's little brother. When we were growing up, we, they, 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 in their family, they had, four, they had two sets of boxing gloves. And some days we would be like, hey, let's, let's box. You know, play boxing is always fun until somebody pops you in. And then all of a sudden, it's not play anymore. It turns into a real boxing match. Have you ever done that where you're like, oh, that's fun. And all of a sudden, it's not cool anymore. And you're like, I'm going to nail you. And I remember that his little brother, because of course you always got to have the little brothers to, to, to do this with, because you got to have somebody that you know for sure you're going to beat. And so we'd be playing around, and all of a sudden he'd get hit, and then he'd get this crazy look in his eye. And you were like, oh no, there's the look. And it was, didn't matter how many times you hit it, he'd just keep coming back, and he'd be swinging and hitting and coming, and you would be like, all right, he's psychotic, we're done. And you'd be like, we're done. And he wouldn't be done. he just, he just, He ah. kind of got intimidating. He was little, but we got scared of him. We wouldn't play with him anymore. But I believe God's desire for us is to be that guy. When we get hit, we get knocked down, we get pushed around a little. We just keep getting up. We just keep pressing forward. We keep moving on. Or eventually the devil is like, I'm leaving you, you're, just, you're, you're too much. You won't stop. Best thing to keep going. Don't let anyone or anything keep you in a hole. Don't stay stuck. Keep pushing, keep chasing what God has put in your heart. Romans 8.28, as I finish, says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose for them. You know, I know some of you maybe have been hit. I know that some of you maybe have made some bad decisions here today. Welcome to the club, I'm with you. I know that some of you have dealt with things that maybe you didn't even deserve to deal with. It's just happened, it's part of life. And I'm here to say, first of all, God wants you to know that he loves you that he's here for you, and that his forgiveness is available for you. You just gotta ask him for it. Because God is the God of do-overs. See, we gotta let go and let God do what he wants to do. And I believe that maybe there are some people that are here today, you just, you're just like, pastor, I I need that do-over That's what I need for Christmas. That's that's what I'm asking for this year. God, would you give me a do-over?